0: I لا the one who is the one Bismillah ar rahim Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. M'alik, yom الدين. Aya ka n'abdou, aya ka
1: after reciting the tashahhud, in surah al-Fatiha Hazrat Khalifatul Masih the Fifth Ayyadahu Allah Ta'ala binasrihi al-Aziz stated that the accounts relating to the expeditions that were sent against the rebels during the era of Hazrat Abu Bakr Siddiq were being mentioned. And according to the details with regards to the 7th expedition that was sent against the rebels, it is stated that this expedition was led by Hazrat Khalid bin Sa'id bin As, who was sent to confront the rebellious apostates. Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu tied the flag for Hazrat Khalid bin Sa'id bin As and sent him to Hamqatan, which was situated at the border of Syria. An introduction of Hazrat Khalid bin Sa'id bin As is as follows. His name was Khalid and his title was Abu Sa'id. His father's name was Sa'id bin As bin Umayyah and his mother's name was Lubaina bint Habab, who was more commonly known by the name Ummi Khalid. Hazrat Khalid was among the early people to have accepted Islam. According to some opinions, he accepted Islam after Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu, and he was a third or fourth Muslim. And according to other opinions, he was the fifth person to accept Islam. Prior to him, only Hazrat Ali bin Abi Talib, Hazrat Abu Bakr, Hazrat Zaid bin Harsa and Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas radiyallahu anhum had accepted Islam. The incident of Hazrat Khalid's acceptance of Islam is as follows. He saw in a dream that he was standing on the brink of a fire and that his father was trying to push him into it. He then saw that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was holding him from his back lest he would fall in. Hazrat Khalid woke up in a state of anxiousness and stated that by Allah, this is a true dream. Following this, he met with Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu and he related his dream to him. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu stated that a good fortune has been destined for you. Allah the Almighty wishes to protect you. and that the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is the messenger of Allah, so follow him. Because when you follow him, after having accepted Islam, then he will protect you from falling into the fire. He further stated that as a matter of fact, it is your father who will fall into this fire. Hence, Hazrat Khalid presented himself before the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. At that time, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was at Ajiyad in Makkah. Ajiyad is situated adjacent to Mount Safa, where the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, used to graze his sheep. Hazrat Khalid submitted to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that, O Muhammad wasallam, what do you call us towards? The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stated, that I call people towards God, who is the One and has no partner, and that Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is His servant and messenger. Furthermore, I call for you to abstain from worshipping these stones, who can neither hear or see, nor harm you or benefit you. Moreover, they are unaware of who worships them and who does not. Upon this. Hazrat Khalid submitted that I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship except Allah and I bear witness that you are the Messenger of Allah. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was extremely happy at Hazrat Khalid's acceptance of Islam. After having accepted Islam, Hazrat Khalid went into hiding and when his father came to know of his acceptance of Islam, He sent his other sons, who were not Muslims, in order to look for him. Hence, they found him and brought him to their
2: father.
1: Hazrat Khali's father started to rebuke and beat him and then began hitting him repeatedly in the head with a stick that he was holding until he broke it. And he stated that you have followed Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, despite witnessing the opposition he is facing by his people. And you have accepted him despite the fact that he speaks against their idols and the ills of their forefathers. Upon this, Hazrat Khalid replied, that by Allah, I follow Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Upon this, his father became extremely enraged and said to him, that, O foolish person, leave out of my sight and go where you please, and I shall no longer feed you. Hazrat Khalid then said, that if you stop providing me with food, then Allah shall grant me the provisions for my sustenance. His father then expelled him from his home and said to his children that none of them should speak to him. Following this, Hazrat Khalid left and then stayed with the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. But generally he would remain on the outskirts of Makkah, away from his father, lest he be caught once more and be persecuted by him. The father of Hazrat Khalid severely persecuted the Muslims and was considered amongst the nobles of Makkah. Once he fell sick, and due to the intensity of his illness, he stated that if Allah cures me of this illness, it is not known if he said Allah, or perhaps the name of one of the idols, but in any case he said that if I am cured of this illness, then the God of ibn Abi Kabshah, i.e. Muhammad shall no longer be worshipped in Makkah. He stated that I shall show such severity whereby I shall drive out all the Muslims from here. When Hazrat Khalid learnt of this, he prayed against his father and stated, O oh Allah, do not cure him. Thereafter, his father died from this very illness. When the Muslims migrated to Abyssinia the second time, Hazrat Khalid was also among those who migrated. Accompanying him was his wife, Umayma bint Khalid Khuzayyah. And Hazrat Khalid's brother Hazrat Umar bin Said also migrated with him. During the battle of Khaybar, Hazrat Khalid went from Abyssinia to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, alongside Hazrat Jafar bin Abi Talib. He did not participate in the battle of Khaybar, but the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, granted him a portion of the spoils of war. Thereafter. Hazrat Khalid participated in Umratul Qaza, the conquest of Makkah and in all the battles alongside the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, including the battles of Hunan, Taif, Tabuk, etc. He was unable to participate in the Battle of Badr and remained remorseful of this fact. On one occasion he submitted to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that O Messenger of Allah, we were unable to participate in the Battle of Badr. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, replied, that does it not please you that the people have only had the honour of migrating once, whereas you have migrated twice? In the book, An Introduction to the Study of the Holy Qur'an, Hazrat Khalifatul Masih II, has counted Hazrat Khalid bin Sa'id bin As's name as being among the list of scribes who would write down the revelations of the Holy Qur'an. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, appointed Hazrat Khalid bin Sa'id as the alms collector in Yemen, and he remained in this post until the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. After the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, he came to Medina, and Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala, asked him why he had returned. He replied that he would not work on behalf of anyone after the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. It is mentioned that he delayed in pledging allegiance to Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anho, and pledged allegiance to Hazrat Abu Bakr after the Banu Hashim had pledged allegiance to Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala Later on, Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala appointed Hazrat Khalid as the commander of armies on various expeditions. Hazrat Khalid was martyred during the Battle of Marjus Safar during the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr and some have narrated that seeing as the Battle of marjus Safar commenced in 14 Hijri during the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar (inaudible) (inaudible) Hence, it is said that Hazrat Khalid was actually martyred in Syria during the Battle of Ajnadin, 14 days prior to the demise of Hazrat Abu Bakr (inaudible) 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 The details in Tariq al-Tabari of Hazrat Khalid's expedition against the Apostates are as follows. When Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu tied the flags for the battles to suppress the apostates and appointed the commanders, among those who were appointed was Hazrat Khalid bin Sayyid. Hazrat Umar ta'ala anhu advised Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu against appointing him as a commander and submitted that no services should be sought from him. However, Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu stated no and he disagreed with the view of Hazrat Umar ta'ala anhu and appointed Hazrat Khalid as the commander of an army to provide reinforcements in Tehmah. Tehmah is a well-known city located between Medina and Syria. Accordingly, when Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu instructed Hazrat Khalid bin Sayyid to go to Tehmah, he stated that do not move from your position and invite those living in the near vicinity to meet you and accept only those who have not yet become apostates, and do not fight until you receive further instructions from me, except in the case that they fight against you. Hazrat Khalid stayed in Tehma, and many of the nearby communities joined his forces. When the Byzantines learned of this great Muslim army, They sought for reinforcements from the Arabs who were under their control to join them for the battle in Syria. And so, Hazrat Khalid informed Hazrat Abu Bakr of the Byzantines' preparations and the aid they were receiving from the Arab tribes. Hazrat Abu Bakr replied that advance against them and do not worry at all and seek help from Allah. As soon as Hazrat Khalid received this reply, he advanced towards the enemy and as he approached them, it so happened that the enemy was overcome by such awe that they scattered in all directions and fled. Hazrat Khalid then occupied the enemy's territory and the majority of the people that had come to Hazrat Khalid accepted Islam. Hazrat Khalid then informed Hazrat Abu Bakr about this victory. And in response, Hazrat Abu Bakr r.a.w. instructed that advance forward but do not advance so much that the enemy gets an opportunity to attack you from behind. These are the only records found in the books of history regarding the involvement of Hazrat Khalid bin Sa'id in the efforts against the apostates during the era of Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu. Apart from this, his role in the victories in Syria during the time of Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu will be mentioned at a later time. The 8th expedition against the rebellious apostates was that under the leadership of Turefa bin Hajiz. Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu tied a flag for Hazrat Turefa bin Hajiz and instructed him to fight against the Banu Sulaim and Banu Hawazin. And according to one narration, it is recorded that Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu sent Ma'an bin Hajj towards the Banu Sulaim and Banu Hawazin. In any case, in Al Istiyab, Alamah ibn Abdul Barr has recorded the name of the father of Hazrat Turefa and Ma'an as Hajjiz with the letter Za, while Ustul Ghaba, Alamah ibn Asid has recorded it as Hajr with the letter Ra. In any case, after being elected as the Khalifa, Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala'anhu appointed Hazrat Turafa bin Hajiz as the governor over the Arabs of Sulam that were firm upon Islam. He worked very sincerely and passionately, and he delivered such effective speeches that caused many Arabs from the Banu Sulam to join him. In another narration, it is recorded on the authority of Hazrat Abdullah bin Abu Bakr that the condition of the Banu Salam was such that after the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, some of them became apostates and reverted to disbelief. And some among them remained firm in their faith in Islam alongside the leader of their tribe Ma'an bin Hajiz or, according to others, his brother Turefa bin Hajiz. When Hazrat Khalid bin Walid departed to fight against Tuleha, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu wrote to Ma'an saying, that take those from among the Banu Sulam who are with you and are firm upon Islam and join Hazrat Khalid. Hazrat Ma'an appointed his brother Turefa bin Hajiz as the leader in his stead and went himself to join Hazrat Khalid radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. There is another narration also reported by Hazrat Abdullah bin Abu Bakr that a man from the Banu Sulaim came to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. He was known as Fujah, though his real name was Ayas bin Abdullah. The name Fujah has a connotation of surprise, because this person would suddenly ambush travellers in settlements to attack and loot them. And for this reason he was called Fujah. In any case, he came to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu and said that I am a Muslim and I desire to wage jihad against those disbelievers who have become apostates, and so I request you to grant me a mount and also your help. Following this, Hazrat Abu Bakr provided him with a mount and also with some weapons. The details of this event also appear in another narration, stating that Hazrat Abu Bakr provided him with two horses, or according to another narration, 30 camels and enough weapons for 30 men, and also sent 10 armed Muslims to accompany him. This individual set forth from there and began stealing the wealth of any Muslim or apostate that crossed paths with him and killed all those who denied him. In other words, he treated everyone in this way. He killed and martyred Muslims as well and he was accompanied by a man from the Banu Sharid known as Najiba bin Abu Mesa. And according to one narration, Fujar travelled towards his tribe and along the way recruited apostate Arabs. And when his ranks increased, the first thing he did was he killed his Muslim companions and stole all their wealth. Thereafter he began looting and went from one tribe to the next. There was also a party of Muslims en route to Medina and he also looted them and then killed them. First he looted them and then he killed them and martyred them. When Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala'anhu received news of him, he wrote to Hazrat Turefa bin Hajiz, while some say that Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala'anhu actually sent instructions to Ma'an, and from there Ma'an sent his brother Turefa. But in any case, Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala'anhu wrote, that Fuja God's enemy, came to me and said that he was a Muslim. And he requested me to provide him with the means to fight against those who took up apostasy, and therefore I provided him with a mount and also with some weapons. However, now I know for certain that this enemy of Allah approached Muslims and apostates alike, and he stole their wealth and kill those that opposed him. Therefore, take the Muslims with you and kill him or capture him alive and send him to me. According to one narration, Hazrat Abu Bakr radiAllahu ta'ala also sent Hazrat Abdullah bin Qais to help Hazrat Turafa. Hazrat Turafa bin Hajiz set out to combat this individual and when the two parties came face to face, they fought with arrows alone. One arrow struck Najwa bin Abu Mesa and killed him, and upon seeing the bravery and steadfastness of the Muslims, Fujah addressed Hazrat Turefa, and stated, that you are not more entitled than I for this task. You are a commander appointed by Hazrat Abu Bakr and I too am a commander appointed by him. He tried through his shrewdness to halt the battle. Hazrat Turefa said to him, that if you are truthful, then drop your weapons. Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu has sent me to capture you, so drop your weapons and come with me to Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu. and there it will be decided whether you have been made commander or not. And so Fajah accompanied Hazrat Turefa to Medina. When the two of them came to Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu, Hazrat Abu Bakr instructed Hazrat Turefa to take Fujar to Baqi and burn him. He was given this punishment because this is exactly how he treated the Muslims. And so Hazrat Turefa took him there and lit a fire and threw him into it. And according to one narration, it is said that Fujar fled during the battle. And Hazrat Durafa captured him after pursuing him and sent him to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. When he arrived before Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu, there was a great fire prepared for him in Medina. And his hands and feet were tied and he was thrown into the fire. The ninth expedition against the rebel apostates was that under the command of Hazrat Allah bin Hazrami. Hazrat, <laughs> Hazrat Abu Bakr entrusted one of the flags to Hazrat Allah bin Hazrami and instructed him to go to Bahrain. Bahrain was between Yamama and the Persian Gulf, and it included present day Qatar and the island of the Bahrainian Kingdom. It was not the smaller Bahrain of today, but used to be quite vast, and the capital was called Darin. And during the time of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Munzir bin Sawa was the king there, who entered the fold of Islam. In those days Bahrain and Saudi Arabia were called Al-Asab. Hazrat Allah bin Hazrami's background is that his name was Allah and his father's name was Abdullah. And he belonged to the Yemeni region of Hadhr Hazrat Allah had the honor of accepting Islam at its outset. And one of Hazrat Allah bin Hazrami's brothers, Amr bin Hazrami, was the first disbeliever to be killed by a Muslim. And his wealth was the first in the Islamic era to be distributed as khums. It is recorded with regards to the initial factors leading to the Battle of Badr that one of them was his killing. One of Hazrat Allah bin Hazrami's brothers, Amir bin Hazrami, was killed in the Battle of Badr while still in the state of disbelief. And when the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, sent letters to various kings inviting them to Islam, Hazrat Allah bin Hazrami was entrusted with the task of carrying the letter addressed to Munzir bin Sabah, the King of Bahrain. Thereafter, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, appointed him as the governor in Bahrain. When Hazrat Allah bin Hazrami conveyed the message of Islam to Munzir bin Sabah, he accepted Islam. When Munzir received the message of Islam, he replied by saying, that I have pondered over this matter and I realize that whatever I possess is for the world and not for the hereafter. In other words, he said that whatever he had was all worldly and he had not prepared at all for the hereafter. He further stated that when I pondered over your religion, I found it beneficial for both this world and the hereafter. Therefore there is nothing that can hinder me from accepting this faith. He further stated that I am convinced of the truthfulness of Islam, and this faith contains the desire to live this life and also grants comfort after one's demise. He further said that I used to be astonished at those who accepted this religion, whereas now I am astonished at those who reject it. When I learned of these beautiful teachings, my perspectives have changed entirely. He further stated that the greatness of the law brought by the Holy Prophet, Peace and Blessings of Allah be upon him, demands that he be honoured and revered. Hazrat Hazrat Allah remained the Governor of Bahrain until the Holy Prophet, Peace and Blessings of Allah be upon him's demise. And he remained in the same post during the era of Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala And Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala also kept him in the same post until he passed away during the era of Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala According to Tabakat ibn Saad, once the people of Bahrain complained to the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him about Hazrat Allah bin Hazrami. Upon which the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, removed him from his post and appointed Hazrat Abba bin Sayyid bin As as the governor. After the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, when apostasy and rebellion became rampant there, Hazrat Aban returned to Medina and relinquished his post. When Hazrat Abu Bakr r.a desired for him to return to Bahrain, he excused himself and stated that after the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, he would not serve as a governor for anyone else. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Ta'ala <time> reinstated and sent Hazrat Allah bin Hazmi as the governor of Bahrain, a capacity in which he remained until his demise. Hazrat Allah was known as one whose prayers would be answered. And regarding this, there are various narrations. Hazrat Abu Huraira used to say that he had been greatly influenced by his qualities and the acceptance of his prayers. Among many other things, it is mentioned that in one narration that once they departed from Medina towards Bahrain when along the way they ran out of water. Hazrat Allah bin Hazrami prayed to Allah upon which he saw a spring flowing from under the sand and they all drank to their fill. Then Hazrat Abu Huraira states that I accompanied Allah and His army from Bahrain towards Basra. We were in Leas when Hazrat Allah bin Hazrami passed away. Leas was the name of a village in the area of the Banu Tamim. He states that we were in an area where there was no water and Allah the Almighty manifested a small cloud for us, which brought forth rain upon us. And so we were able to wash his body and dug a grave for him with our swords. We did not make the inner cavity of the grave at the time with the thought that we would return to do so. However, we were unable to locate his grave upon returning after some time. There are varying opinions as to his demise. According to some narrations, he passed away in 14 Hijri while, according to others, it was in 21 Hijri. It is recorded with regards to Bahrain's state of affairs that it was under the reign of the kings of Hira who were subordinate to the kings of Persia. And prior to Islam, Hira was the royal seat for the kings of Iraq. The coastal and trade cities of Bahrain had mixed populations They included Persians, Christians, Jews and Jats, And the Persians controlled the trade in the Arab lands. There was also a group of traders from India and Iran who had settled between the mouth of the Euphrates River and the coastal area of Adan. These tradesmen also started marrying the local people and their progenies would be called Abanam. There were three large tribes and their sub-tribes residing in the environs of these coastal cities. One was Bakr bin Wail, the second was Abdul Qais and the third was Rabia. Many of the families belonging to these tribes were Christian and breeding horses, camels and sheep along with planting date orchards was their speciality. The people who oversaw all of these things were the local leaders who were trusted by the government of Hira. One of them was Munzer bin Sava. Who lived in the Hajar district of Bahrain and also governed over the tribe of Abdul Qas, which lived near Hajar? There were two delegations from Abdul Qas, which met the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. One went to the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, in five hijri and comprised 13 or 14 people. And the second delegation from Abdul Qas went to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, again in Amul Wafud, on 9 Hijri, and comprised 40 people, including Jarud. Jarud was a Christian who became a Muslim upon going there. And according to one narration, this delegation had already accepted Islam before going to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. The Persians, Christians, and Jews of Hajar had reluctantly agreed to pay jizya. The remaining dwellings and cities of Bahrain remained non-Muslim. And from time to time they would raise rebellion at every opportunity. When Munzer bin Sawa accepted Islam, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, retained him as the ruler of Bahrain as per the customs of the time and after accepting Islam, he began inviting his people to the true religion and sent Jarud bin Mu'alla to the Holy Prophet Peace and Blessings of Allah be upon him in order to learn about the faith. Upon reaching Medina, Jarud learned about the Islamic teachings and the commandments and then returned to teach people and propagate the religion and began acquainting them with the teachings of Islam. A few days after the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. In other words, in 11 Hijri, Munzir also passed away. Upon this, Arab as well as non-Arab tribes announced their rebellion. The Abdikaz tribe said that if Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, was a prophet, he would not have died, and thus they became apostates. Hazrat Jarud learnt of this development, and Hazrat Jarud was considered among the nobles of his people. He had travelled to Medina to learn about Islam and migrated towards the Holy Prophet, Peace and Blessings of Allah be upon him, and was also a good orator. And so Hazrat Jarud gathered all of those who had become apostates and explained to them about the demise of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him. He stood up to deliver a speech in which he said that, O oh Abdul Kass, I ask you one thing, if you know the answer then tell me, and if you do not know then you do not need to tell me anything. They all replied that he may ask whatever he wished. And so Hazrat Jarud said, Do you know that Allah's Prophets appeared in the past? People replied that yes. Hazrat Jarud then said that do you have knowledge about them or have you seen them? They said that we have not seen them, but we only know about them. This was the reply of the people. Upon this Hazrat Jarud said that then what happened to them? People said that they passed away. Upon this, Hazrat Jarud stated that in the same way that they all passed away, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has also passed away. And I declare that there is none worthy of worship except Allah, and that Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is his servant and messenger. And after listening to his speech and the question and answers, they all stated that we also testify aside from Allah there is nobody worthy of worship, and indeed Muhammad, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is his servant and messenger, and we consider you to be our esteemed elder and accept you as our leader. Thus, this is how they remained steadfast upon Islam and were saved from the wave of apostasy. However, the remaining Arab and non-Arab tribes became resolute on ending the authority of Medina. The Persian government supported them, and gave charge of leading the rebellion to a prominent Arab chief. When Aban bin Saeed bin As, the representative of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him in Hajar, saw the dark clouds of rebellion rising up, he left for Medina. And although some of the people from the Banu Abdul Qais tribe accepted Islam again, however the other tribes of Bahrain, led by Hutam bin Zubayya remained firm on their rebellious stance and they adopted kingship and appointed Munzir bin Noman, who was from among the family of Munzir, as their king. According to one narration, when they wished to appoint Munzir bin Noman as their king, a group of nobles and chiefs of the tribe went to see the Persian king. They requested permission to come in his presence, for which he granted them permission. They went before the king, and offered praise that was befitting his status. The Persian king then said, O ye Arabs, what matter has brought you here? They replied that Your Highness, the person who the tribes of the Quraysh and Muzar considered most honourable has passed away. By this they were referring to the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. They said, and now after him, a person who is frail, and has poor judgement, has stood as his successor. This is the opinion they gave about Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu. and they stated that his governors have returned to their fellow companions in order to seek guidance. Today the area of Bahrain has slipped from their grasp. Except for a small party of the Abdul Qais tribe, everybody else has left Islam. And according to us they have no standing or repute. We have the upper hand over them in terms of infantry and cavalry. Therefore send someone to capture Bahrain as there will be nobody to prevent him from taking over. Upon this, the Persian king stated that who would you like for me to send with you to Bahrain? They replied that whatever his royal highness deems suitable. The Persian king replied that what is your opinion with regards to Munzer bin Noman bin Munzer? They all replied that, Your Highness, we prefer him, and we would not like to appoint anyone other than him. The Persian king then called Munzir bin Noman, who was just a youth and did not even have a fully grown beard yet. The Persian king adorned him with a robe of honour and gave him a crown. And he was given 100 men as cavalry and a further 7,000 men as infantry. He was then ordered to go to Bahrain with the Bakr bin Waal tribe and along with him were Abu Zubayya Hutum bin Zaid. His actual name was Shuri bin Zubayya and he belonged to the Banu Qais bin Salba tribe. His title was hutum and after having accepted Islam he became an apostate and also with him was Zubayr bin Amr and Musme bin Malik. And the first thing they tried to do was sway Jarud and the Abdul Qas tribe from Islam, but they were unsuccessful. Following this, Hutam bin Zubayr tried to subdue them with force, and he also rallied together all those people who were foreign merchants or had not accepted Islam. The Abdul Qais tribe gathered around their leader, Hazrat Jarud bin Mu'allah along with their allies and slaves which totaled 4,000 people. The Bakr bin Waal tribe camped near to them with their force of 9,000 Iranians and 3,000 Arabs. Following this, the two groups clashed in a fierce battle and the Bakr bin Waal tribe were dealt a blow and many people from this tribe as well as the Iranians were killed. Then a second severe confrontation between the two camps took place, and this time the Abdul suffered great losses. Each group would confront the other in this way, and this battle lasted many days, in which a lot of people were killed. The people of the Abdul tribe sought a peace treaty from the Bakr bin Vail tribe. The Abdul knew that at that point they stood no chance against the might of the Bakr bin Vail. Thus, they suffered defeat and they retreated to their fortress called Juwasa, which was situated in Hajar. Juwasa is the name of a settlement in Bahrain and this was where the first Friday prayers was offered after the Prophet's mosque. In Sahih al-Bukhari there is a narration from Hazrat Ibn Abbas wherein he states The translation of which is that the first Friday prayers to be offered after the Holy Prophet peace and blessings of Allah be upon him's mosque was in the mosque of the Abdul al in Juwasa in Bahrain. The Banu Bakr bin Wail advanced along with their Iranian comrades and reaching their fort they surrounded it and stopped any food provisions reaching them. On this occasion a man from the Banu Bakr bin Kalab, Abdullah bin Of Abadi, whose name is also recorded as Abdullah bin Orf, composed some couplets addressing Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu and the people of Medina. And he expressed his helplessness and vulnerability and also spoke about their courage and patience. However, since it is a lengthy poem, I will read out its translation which is as follows. That O oh, Listener, Convey my message to Abu Bakr and the men of Medina. that will I receive any help from you for those young men in Juwasa who entered the night whilst in a state of hunger and besiegement. Their blood has been spilt on every path as if they are rays of sunlight which are causing every eye that looks upon it to be blinded. The tribes of Banu Zohal, Ijl, Sheban and Qais have besieged all of them through their oppression. They are being led by Ghurur. Gurur's actual name was Munzir bin Numan bin Munzir. And he intends to unlawfully seize our wives and children. When the siege they laid had intensified and prolonged, they gained complete control over us, and we were placed in a trial as a result. We put our trust in the gracious God, for we have witnessed His grace being bestowed upon those who place their trust in Him. Thus we are content at the fact that Allah is our Lord and that Islam is our religion. We said to ourselves that the conditions will return to normality eventually, but the progeny of our forefathers have lost their senses. Hence we shall remain firm upon Islam and fight against them until one of us is killed. We shall fight with the sharp swords which cut through the helmet and armour. This was the message composed in the form of a poem which Abdi sent. And after reading this poem, Hazrat Abu Bakr became extremely emotional upon learning of the condition of Abdul Kass. Hazrat Abu Bakr called for Hazrat Allah bin Hazrami and appointed him as the commander of the army and sent along with him 2,000 men from among the Muhajireen and Ansar towards Bahrain in order to help the Abdul Qais tribe. Azat Abu Bakr also instructed them that whichever tribe among the Arabs you pass by encourage them to fight against the Banu Bakr bin Wail. This is because they have come with Munzir bin Noman bin Munzir who has been appointed by the king of Persia. And their king has placed a crown on his head and he intends to extinguish the light of Allah. And they have killed the pious servants of Allah. Allah. Thus, you ought to depart whilst reciting, La Hawla wa la illa billah. That is, none has the power to refrain from evil nor perform a good deed except through the help of Allah. And so, Hazrat Allah bin Hazmi set off, and when he passed near Yamama, Hazrat Sumama bin Usal bin Hanifa and his men joined with him. And also Qais bin Asim also joined the army of Hazrat Allah bin Hazrmi along with his tribe, the Banu Tamim. Before this, Qais bin Asim was among those who refused to pay the zakat and stopped sending zakat to Medina, which had been collected by his tribe, and instead returned the money to its people. However, when Hazrat Khalid bin Walid defeated the Banu Hanifa in Yamama. Siyas bin Asim realized that it was better to reconcile and join the Muslims. And so he collected the zakat from his tribe, the Banu Tamim, and joined the army of Hazrat Allah bin Hazrami. Hazrat Allah was taking his army to Bahrain from Dahna, And Dahna is situated in the area belonging to the Banu Tamim and lies between Basra and Makkah. The narrator states that when they reached there, i.e. Dahna, they received an instruction to camp there. However, the camels became uncontrollable in the night and ran away leaving them with no camels, provisions or tents. Everything that had been loaded upon the camels was lost in the desert. And this incident occurred when everyone had dismounted from their camels and had not yet taken off their provisions that had been placed upon them. At that time they were overcome by grief and sorrow and everyone had lost all hope of life and were expressing their final testimonies to one another. At that moment, a caller appointed by Hazrat Allah came and instructed everyone to gather in one place. They all gathered around him and Hazrat Allah stated, that what is this state of apprehension and desperation that I am observing? Why are you all so worried? Upon this, people replied that these are such a state of affairs that we cannot be blamed for having such a reaction. Our camels have fled and our condition at present is such that if we enter into the next day like this, we will all be completely destroyed even before the sun has fully risen. Hazrat Allah stated that, O people, do not fear. Are you not Muslims? Have you not come to do jihad in the way of Allah? And are you not the helpers of Allah? Everyone responded that indeed that is correct. Hazrat Allah stated that, Glad tidings are given to you, for Allah will never abandon such people who are in a condition like yours. The Azan was called at the break of dawn and Hazrat Allah led the prayers. Some people performed the yamum and offered their prayers as there was no water available, whilst others still had their ablution intact from before. When the prayer concluded, Hazrat Allah sat upon both knees and began to supplicate, and everyone else followed suit. Hazrat Allah raised his hands and began to fervently pray, and everyone else did the same, and they continued to pray until the sun had risen. When a little bit of the sunlight appeared from the east, Hazrat Allah turned towards the rows of people and stated that is there anyone who can find out what this light is? Someone went to find out and upon returning stated that this light is a mirage. It was not actual water but a mirage from where the light was shining. And so Hazrat Allah occupied himself in prayer once again and again saw that light emerge and upon investigating it again, they were informed that it was a mirage. Then for a third time the light appeared, and this time the person who brought the news about it stated that it was water. As last stood up, and everyone else also stood up. They came to the water, and everyone drank from it and washed themselves. A spring had emerged from there, and the sun had not fully risen yet, when the camels belonging to those people could be seen running towards them from every direction and they came and sat next to them. Everyone took hold of their mount and nothing was lost from their possessions. Thus, this was a miracle wrought through prayers in that Allah the Almighty produced a source for water there and their camels also returned to them. The people also gave the water to their camels and they all drank from it to their fill and also their animals. They also took some water along with them, and then rested comfortably. Minjab bin Rashid states that at the time Hazrat Abu Hurairah was with me, and when we had gone quite some distance ahead from where we were, he asked me whether I knew the area where the water was. I stated that I knew every inch of the area more than any other Arab. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Hurairah then asked me to take him where the water was. Subsequently, I turned my camel and brought him to the exact location where the water was. However, when we got there, there was no water hole and not even any trace of water. I said to Hazrat Abu Huraira that by God, even though I cannot see any water here, but even then I will say that this is precisely the place where we collected water from. And I had never seen such clean and sweet water here before this day. The narrator states that even at that time our vessels were filled with water. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Huraira stated that, O oh Abu Saham, by God this indeed is that very location, and that is why I have come here and brought you with me. Hazrat Abu Huraira further stated that I filled my vessels with water and had left them at the edge of the water, so as to find out whether this was a miracle of Allah or simply as a result of water produced by rainfall. And upon seeing this, indeed, it is a miracle of Allah, which he manifested in order to save us. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Huraira then praised Allah the Almighty and returned from there and camped at Hajr. Hazrat Allah had also written a letter to Hazrat Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala which stated that Allah the Almighty caused a water spring to emerge for us in the valley of Dahna, even though there was no sign of water there. He further wrote that Allah manifested a miracle for us after we had experienced great hardship and worry. Hazrat Allah then wrote, that this indeed is a lesson for us all in that we ought to praise Allah the Almighty. Thus, I request you to pray to Allah for us and seek help for those who serve the faith. This was the report that was sent by Hazrat Allah to Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala upon the incident of finding water there. Hazrat Abu Bakr ta'ala then praised Allah the Almighty and prayed to him and then stated that the Arabs would often say regarding the Valley of Dahna that when Hazrat Luqman was once asked by the people as to whether they should dig in this land for water, he told them not to dig and said to them that water will never emerge from them. Therefore, for a spring to emerge from there is a huge sign of Allah's power which we had never heard about from any nation of the past. Thus, the companions would experience such miracles as well, who would go on expeditions in the way of Allah the Almighty. But in any case, the remaining accounts shall inshallah be mentioned in the future.
0: Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Nuhmudhu. Nastainu. Nastakhru.